In the early days of the internet, before there was such thing as a meme, before there was a such thing as uh, going viral, there were something that circulated. I don't know if they had a word for it back then, I can't remember, but uh, I do remember a little bit of this list. It was a list of things that men wish that women knew about men. And, and there's just two of, the, two of them. There were 25 of them, and I can only remember two of them. One was that men think in eight colors, peach is a fruit. Right? So that'll help your conversations, ladies, if you understand that we don't understand, you know, the difference between misty green and sea foam green. We don't, we don't know that. That's, that. We don't know all that. It's green. We understand green. So, uh, the last, the last one in the list, I, I, I specifically remember it was black, was what in the world is a doily? And I remember thinking, and here I am, I'm just like 27 or 28 years old, and I remember thinking, yeah, so I was 27, but what is a doily? I don't know where a doily is. And, and, uh, I thought, this is a true story, here I'm a grown man, and I thought doily was like a girl's word for, like, a thing of a love or a doopy. I, I thought that was just a girl's word for, you know, one of those words you would use for something when you didn't, couldn't think of the name right now. Can you, can you hand me the doily over there next to the, right? I, I didn't know that. What is a doily? We misplace words, and words get used so frequently that, uh, that sometimes when we use them incorrectly, or if they're not explained, we just kind of accept the definition or make one up to fill in the blanks. Our brain just kind of supplies the definition. And we, we live with these wrong definitions, sometimes a long time. And what we're going to be talking about is the, the concept of worship for the next five weeks. Worship is a concept that we've, we've accepted something, but it's not exactly accurate. And so I want to begin, we're, we're going to be talking today, we're going to be laying the foundation for the next four sermons. When we talk about worship, we think of worship as singing. And, and there's singing in worship, and there's worship in singing, but the two are not perfect synonyms. So, so if you when we, if you think that this is going to be a we're going to talk about singing, but if you think this is going to be a series on singing, that's that's not what we're going to be talking about uh, primarily. We want to talk about what worship is. We like to we like for things to be concrete, and we love to define things. We like to define them as narrowly as possible, and sometimes we def- we argue so much over over how close to define them, and you may be self-offending in this conversation or observe these are better conversations to observe than to be a part of, but, but maybe you've been a part of a conversation where two people are arguing and they actually agree. Right? They actually agree, but they're, they're so upset about the way the other person is wording a thing. It's not even the, the concept. Right? And we have these, oh, we're gonna say, we have these in churches all the time, so people will talk about God, right? We talk about the nature of God, and one person uses the word Trinity, and the other person wants to use the word Godhead, and they both really agree on a concept. They just like their own word. And when we, so when we, when we get into these arguments, it's about the narrow definition and my preference as to how we refer to something, the words, and, and we really like our forms of things and the way we're accustomed to things. That's really what we're, we're really in love with. And, uh, we, we, we get into sometimes uh, 
we love our form just so much that we, we don't even think of the substance or the reality behind it. When I was in Ukraine, they were, in their religion, uh, their form of Christianity, they do what's called cross-make. So if you're familiar with Catholicism, you, you've probably seen this. You, the cross, this, doing the sign of the cross, right? Now, Orthodox are quite proud of the way they use the sign of the cross because they do it with three fingers. And, and it's very important which shoulder you hit first, you know? And, 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 and the three fingers are as for the, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's why you need the three fingers when you do that. And so I was sitting there, you, you talk to people and say, you know that's not even in the Bible? And, and they're, they, they, they don't even believe you. Now they've never, most of them have not read the Bible, but they're pretty sure that that's how you're supposed to do that. And that's really important. And so they don't even compute to them that that's not in the Bible. They don't even believe you. Because they're just so used to the forms of things that they've accepted. We get this idea... I've talked about this before. Doing things the way the first church did them. You really want to do things the way the first church did them. Now, <clears throat> I want to read a verse up here that has nothing to do with worship. I mean, I suppose I can stretch it, and you can stretch it too if you wanted to, but, but really, in, in reality, this verse doesn't really have any connection to worship. So, we're not even going to take the whole verse in context, but there's just one thing I've got here that I want to, I don't need context for, I want to, I want to illustrate because I'm going to refer to it here in just a second in a verse talking about worship. It says, bearing with one another, if one has complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Now that has nothing to do with worship, really. Um, but it does have a phrase, one another. Now we would understand that when we forgive, Right? It's, it's not a group activity. Uh, it's an individual activity. We wouldn't come into church and have a portion of our service. Okay, I suppose we could. Uh, have a portion of our service where we all stand up and say, I'm kind of free. You know, we're all going to forgive one another. Uh, do a group, big group forgiveness thing. We could do that, I suppose. That would be kind of great. We recognize that the phrase one another, or to one another, or each other, that's an individual activity. The reason I say that is because we have this beautiful thing that, that Margin and the ladies did. Uh, we have these nice verses on the wall here. Uh, in the same context, that's Colossians 3.13. Here we have Colossians 3.16. It says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, and teach and admonish each other, and stop them in the spiritual songs with grace in your heart to God. Now, um, I'm going to say something here, and you go, but what? You know, we actually don't have a New Testament uh, example of group singing. You say, what? No, I'm serious, we don't. I'm not saying they didn't do it. I'm just saying it's not really specifically mentioned. I know we've always interpreted Colossians 3.16 as being that, and Ephesians 5, but there's actually not really an indication that that's referred to because you have this phrase, each other. You notice that? Teach each other. Let's like forgive each other. We don't have anything other than an individual activity. Look at this. Look at 1 Corinthians 14.26. 1 Corinthians is about lots, a lot of details about worship. And here's one of the things it says. One then, brothers, when you come together, each one 
has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation to come and her faith to let all things be done that we're building up. So apparently at this point in their service, they, they, they came together with, and somewhere at the beginning, kind of like we do songs, they, they came and, and they would just say, you know, here's a, here's a little song I wrote, right, and I want to I, I share this with you, or here's a little poem I, that was on my mind, or here's this thing that, that I wanted to share, and it was an individual thing done to benefit other people. And they would listen and be edified by this person's song. Oh, teaching each other in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. That's the only, so, so that's the only thing. Do, you, do we want to do that? Well, I don't know about that. We have to have, I think, a council. We probably have to have a council to change the way we do things if we wanted to do things the way the church did them. Can we do that? We're not talking about singing. We're, not really, we're already talking about singing. You said we're not going to be talking about singing. We're talking about worship. But I want to illustrate something. I want to give an outline. That's what this sermon is going to be. Not about the forms of worship. But I want to de-emphasize the forms. And I want to talk about the nature. And the, the, I want to give an outline of the relationship. The first idea that we want to talk about today is the nature of the relationship. Psalms 95, 6 says this, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. Now, if you've heard a sermon on worship, or a series on worship, you've probably heard that the word worship means to bow, and that's, mm-hmm, that's close. It's it, 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 in the same area. But if that was exactly true, specifically true, then here's what this would say. It would say, Oh, come, let us bow down and bow down. Now, unless you would be talking about doing it multiple times, that, would, that wouldn't really make sense. So, here's what we want to... These are three related words. Worshiping, bowing down, and kneeling are associated words. This is what bowing is right here. So, you know, uh, we bow our heads in prayer, things like that, right? We, we bow down. Uh, now, in different cultures, the, the bowing, the degree of bowing, is to the degree of... Um, difference between the social class or, or the, the role, uh, authoritative role, right? So if I bend it the way, it would be shown that a person is, is significantly higher uh, than I am. So, so, so bowing, that would be like bowing. Then we would come to this next thing, which would be kneeling. That would be down. That would, you know, we kneel. That, that's a different word. But neither of those words is the word worship. And so, what I want to show you is what worshiping is. I've actually been somewhere where people literally worship. Literally in the sense of what the word itself means. I'm not saying that we don't worship. I'm saying they do the actual performance. I was in Turkey, and uh, so I, I decided to, to take, uh, I, I take some time and just go view some sites. So there was the Sophia Mosque, and there's the Blue Mosque right downtown. And so I, I, I went and, and viewed those tourist sites, and this is what I saw. That's the word worship. Full laying down in front of. That's what worship is, right there. That's the picture of worship, and it has to do with submission. The nature of the relationship <clears throat> is that God is superior. When I say God is superior, 
we can just shorten that up and say God is. God is. God doesn't change. The concept of worship is to change the one who worships. It is about submission. It's about recognizing God's superiority, God's constancy. And his, that, that there is no... It doesn't mean that we have to get down. I know that there's, there's places where... Uh, if you went went back a couple hundred years, and you might have seen you, know, you might have seen somewhere a bench from a church a long, long, long time ago. Uh, they had a kneeling bench, you know, uh, so so you could you could kneel down in your pew. But we don't do that. Well, God is not concerned with the physical position of the body, right? A lot of things he's not concerned about the forms. We're de-emphasizing the forms, but, but the nature of the heart should reflect this right here. A total submission. Worship changes me, not God. And so often we want to change God in our worship. But that's not what worship is for. Let's look at the second one, the second part of our outline. It says, Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey, and I and the boy will go up there and worship, and we will come back again to you. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son, and he took in his hands the fire and the knife, and so they went to both of them together. And this is the second concept that we're going to be looking at, and it's the forming of the relationship. So we've talked about the nature of the relationship. I want to talk about the forming of the relationship, and... Specifically, now we are talking about sacrifice. We talked about submission. Now we're going to talk about sacrifice. So this is the center. This is what it is about. The formation. It, it, it is kind of interesting. This is not the first time sacrifices were performed in the Old Testament. It is not probably not the first time there was worship in the Old Testament. But this is the first time that the word worship is used in the Bible. And so I think it is significant that it had happened before then. But the first mention of it is interesting that it encloses the concept of sacrifice. And I think that it means something to us. Well, sacrifice is total. That's what it means. It means killing something, burning it up. It was total. It was complete. You can't have a partial sacrifice. Yeah, like half-dead thing. That's not been sacrificed. It's been almost sacrificed. Sacrifice. This is a con- it continued until the burnt offering was finished. You notice that? Second Chronicles 29, 28 and 29. The whole assembly worships. The singers sang and the trumpeters sounded. All this continued until the burnt offering was finished. And when the offering was finished, the king and all who were present with him bowed themselves and worshipped. So we see not only was it total, but I want you to notice that the things that we think of as worship, the singing and all that, the physical forms, the bowing, the physical bowing, all of that took took place around the sacrifice. The sacrifice is the centerpiece. Understand that the, the 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 nature we know about the nature of the relationship. God is above, and we submit. The formation of this relationship has to do with the sacrifice of Christ. Number one, 
But number two, the sacrifice of ourselves. The giving up, the total giving up of ourselves around the centerpiece of Christ. And all the forms that we associate with worship, those are good, those are great, those, those are all around it. Those are not the focal point of worship. Deuteronomy 11.16 says, Take care lest your heart be deceived and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. Then the anger of the Lord will be kindled against you. And so we see our last concept that we're going to be talking about. We're going to be referring back to these three things as we go through this series. We want to talk about the maintaining of the relationship. And it is based on service. So it's pretty easy to remember. Right? Submission, sacrifice, and now service. Be cautious. Take care. Be deliberate. Let your heart be deceived. And you turn aside and serve other gods. Ah, if we're not cautious, then we will start serving other things. Service is the activity that maintains your connection to God. The connection must be genuine or it is invalid. The form does not do anything. It is the genuineness of what is going on. Service is the response of someone who recognizes his proper place. I am a servant. I serve. Romans 1, 24 and 25 says, Therefore God gave them up to the desires of their hearts, to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth of God for lying, worship, and served the creature rather than the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Well, we would never do that. And if you go back to Romans 1, I don't think that, that we would probably get involved in some of the things that they would get involved. There aren't anybody here that's doing that. But in concept, we may. Because, well, let's, let's first look at this point. That is that service is exclusive. We talked about a total balance. We talked about a complete sacrifice. And here we see that service is exclusive to God. We don't serve other things, not even in part. God requires the totality. We'll see that again uh, in, in the future, in the future sermon. God doesn't compete. Again, another concept that we will see. But worshiping and serving accurately is the ordained process to keep you on the right path. The primary focus in worship and service <coughs> is God. What needs to be correctly defined is the object of our worship, not the forms of our worship. We spend so much time on the forms of our worship. But notice where he emphasizes or what, what is important. They exchange the truth of God for a lie and worship and serve the creature. And, and so often we worship and serve the worship. What we really do is we, we worship the worship. The things surrounding the thing. That is what is so important to us. If we're serving other things, when we start to misplace the object of our worship, when God ceases to be the centerpiece and the focal point, then we are making a statement about the importance of those other things. Those other things 
yeah, God's kind of important, but this is important too. And, and, and I should give some of myself to that too. No. God is exclusive. He doesn't compete. So as we close with our, our first sermon here on worship, I wanted to talk about just a couple of things. First of all, <clears throat> what position, go back and look at that little diagram we did. What position best describes your connection to God, your relationship to God? Are you just, do you have a little head bow, maybe even a waist bow, kind of give some, some, some honor. I give you some honor, you're a little bit above me. I will give you that, God, you're a little bit above me. Are, are we, do we think that's going, maybe, maybe we're kneeling. Maybe we're, I, I, I've given some up. I'm, this is kind of, I've gotten down a little bit. God, I, I've given up some stuff. I've sacrificed a little bit in my life for you. Yes, that's good. I, I, I've done some. I have done a lot more than others do. And they just kind of hung their head a little bit. I'm down there on my knees. Well, that's good. Have you worshipped? Have you gotten completely down and recognized that you have only the position of a servant? Last, last question. What areas need to be improved? Is it the submission that needs to be improved? Maybe submitted. Maybe the service isn't there. Maybe we're not quite in the service. But what is it that needs to be improved? Is it is it the main maintaining of the relationship that we're having difficulty with? Maybe the nature of my relationship isn't quite where it needs to be. Or maybe you haven't formed your relationship. Maybe, maybe the city that I've gone to, I don't, I don't get this. I don't understand it. I, I come here on Sunday and I, I think this should be fine. If, if it's just a Sunday thing, maybe you haven't formed your relationship. Maybe you have not accepted the sacrifice of Christ. And, or maybe you haven't sacrificed yourself. Maybe you haven't given up whatever it is you cling to. So I encourage you to form your relationship today.